Hello, friends. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to the very first episode of the Behind Closed Doors series. I am so, so thankful to have you here, especially after my little hiatus with my family, which was incredible, by the way. Very relaxing. But I just want to say thank you so much for sticking around and just showing up for me and for the Living Easy Ministries and podcast. I am eternally thankful for you as always. So Behind Closed Doors is a series that I am really thrilled about. It is a series of conversations with my people, my friends, my family who pour life into me day in and day out. I wanted to take a step away from the interview style for a bit to show you a peek into my world. These people are incredible. They have incredible stories. They are full of wisdom and encouragement and love. And the conversations that you will hear are ones that we truly have on my couch or on their couch with coffees in hand. I am, as you can probably imagine, if you've listened to the podcast before, someone who doesn't really do surface conversations. I like to get in depth quickly. And so my people naturally respond to that, but then I I also think I'm just drawn toward people who are similar in that way. So these conversations are real. They're raw. We're talking about all of the things. And this first episode is with my dear friend, Shayna. If you ever meet Shayna, I would say you are just a very lucky person. And I really mean that. I don't know anyone who is as kind, gentle, thoughtful, and who genuinely just wants the best for everyone in her life. And on today's conversation, we are talking about a horrific family day out that resulted in the loss of Shana's finger and the potential loss of another, which we are still waiting to find out, in the thick of the craziness of 2020. So on top of everything and learning to homeschool her babies, she lost her finger in a family day out. So she's talking all about how that grief and the shock affected her life and her relationship with Jesus. And we're also talking about slowing down. I was really excited to talk to Shayna about this because she is queen of being intentional with her family in motherhood and life as a whole. She is just a present person. And so we're going to dig into why she admires the Swedish lifestyle, why she admires the Danish lifestyle, and how she has implemented that into her own life and how you can do the same in learning how to slow down the busyness of your life. Shana is one of my very dear friends, and I know you'll love her as much as I do. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tag us at Living Easy with Lindsay and at Shana Page K. We would love to hear your heart, your feedback, and what you thought about the episode. Also, if you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to listen into episodes 26, 39, and 66. Let's dive in. We were never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. 
On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. This is the first episode of Behind Closed Doors that I'm recording, and I'm super excited So if you don't know, I'm sure you heard in the intro, but Behind Closed Doors is basically conversation with friends, people I love, people who pour into my life and that I share real life, real stuff with. And I had actually Shana, who is here with me today. Hi, everyone. She encouraged me because I was talking about this and she said, I actually love this idea because I feel like it's something where people can hear the real you, which I hear that sometimes because I can be rehearsed and I want to make sure I'm sharing the word of God properly and I'm sharing everything properly because it's a big responsibility, I think, as I share. But I do also want it to be comfortable and I want you guys to hear my heart and my life and I want you to hear from the people who love me well and who teach me because I have so many of them and they're so important to me. So while I wish I could have all of them on, I don't think that's possible, but I am super thankful to have some of them. And so Shayna drove over here late at night (laughs) and she lives like 30 minutes from me and we had some snacks and now we are just ready to chat. And the whole premise of this and the whole purpose of it is to just have conversation just like we would normally and as we do sitting on the couch. So how would you, and we'll just dive in. I'll ask a few questions that the audience asked me to ask my friends. Okay. How would you describe our friendship? I feel like you're the mom friend that I go to when I need all the help I can get. You're the one I go to for marriage. We're very... Well, our babies are like kind of around the same ages. Yeah. So Shana has two babies. Tell mm-hmm. them a little bit about your kids. Yeah. So I have Paisley, who's nine. And then I have Mason, who is... He'll be four soon. And him and your youngest, Saxon, yeah. are like identical. So Paisley and Sut are super responsible and just like focused on school and focus on doing things really well. Yeah. And Mason and Saxon are like fun loving (laughs) and wild and super sweet. Like they're like Sour Patch Babies. Yes. Sour. (laughs) That's exactly what they are. They're Sour Patch Babies. Yeah. But yeah, you're just like one of my go-to girls when Mm. I need guidance and you bring me out of my comfort zone and... We're both dreamers. So yeah. Shana and I share an office mm-hmm. every Wednesday and we dream. So tell them a little bit about your business and how you got started in it and what God led you in pursuing. So I have a wallpaper business that started out as wall garnish. And that kind of started out as I was a mama to a newborn, my youngest. And I was looking up nurseries all the time and I noticed wallpaper coming back in. And my husband had just bought a printer 
to do more commercial stuff. And so I kind of thought, how can I piggyback on what you're doing? Because I need an outlet. I'm Which was so smart. All the time, I need something. Yeah. So, yeah, we have what was Wall Garnish is now called Hem Co. Because I did just start a blog, too. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want them to coincide. It's so pretty. Because Living Hema is all about, like, home and... I wanted the shop to kind of coincide with my heart for what a home is. Yeah. Okay. So we'll dive into that too, because I'm so excited. I still feel like everything that you do, I soak it in. So I'm going to start and I'm going to do this with each of the episodes um, for our listeners where I share just a quick Bible story that reminds me of my relationship with the person or just is something that I want to discuss even further with the person. So We're going to start with Mary and Martha because, and Shana doesn't know this, you guys, (laughs) I didn't tell her what we were talking about, but because I feel like I admire so much how you balance both traits, I think, of Mary and Martha, of caring for your home, loving your babies, doing what your heart is with living Hema and just slowing down, fostering a home of joy and intentionality and safety and making a home a home. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about a little bit today, but then also sitting at the feet of Jesus and allowing that to pour into what you do. Mm -hmm. I just love it so much. Thank you. You're welcome. So talking about Mary and Martha, so Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus, they were some of Jesus closest friends In John 11 five, it says that Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So Jesus spent some of his last days on earth in their home. And Luke 10, 38 through 42 says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said, but all the preparations that had to be made distracted Martha. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister, I hear this with like so much attitude. (laughs) Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And again, that's Luke 10, 38 through 42. And what is better is that time with the Lord. So Martha is the one who's graciously inviting her friend Jesus into their home and basically being hospitable. She's allowing him in. But this is a courageous act on her end because to be close friends with Jesus, who people are trying to murder, is brave. And she was willing to face those consequences. And so she's frustrated. And I'm just envisioning this picture of like Mary and Martha together. And she's like, I am cooking. I'm slaving away in the kitchen. And sometimes I do that to Jesse. (laughs) I know. Just imagine me. Yes. Doing. And I'll be like, can you... And I try not to be this way and I'll catch myself and he'll always joke back like, whoa, you know, (laughs) and I catch my tone. Jesse's such a servant, but when he gets around people and Mm -hmm. he talks and talks and talks, I'm like, pay attention. But then as I'm reflecting on this verse, I'm like, isn't that the purpose though? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's to serve and yes, it's to love, but it's not to have everything perfect. It's to spend time with those people. Yeah. So... Basically, Jesus repeated Martha's name. He says, Martha, Martha, which is tender and it's affectionate and it's loving. And it's upsetting Martha that 
she's considering serving him as her act of love, Mm -hmm. which is an act of love. And it is a beautiful thing and not something to be diminished. But Mary is prioritizing listening to Jesus. And so I see this, like I said, so much in you, this awareness of Jesus, but also this awareness of hospitality. And Jesus isn't diminishing domestic duties. He's not diminishing because so much of what we do in the mundane, I believe, is most glorifying to him. Mm -hmm. It is the pruning and the hard work in those really mundane moments and the fights around the dinner table and the joy around the dinner table. But then imagining how special that time is. And we Mm -hmm. can look at Martha and think, Mm -hmm. are you crazy? You have Jesus at your right hand and you can sit down and ask him anything Mm -hmm. and talk to him about anything and you didn't do it. But how often do we diminish the power and the importance of spending that time? Mm -hmm. So, so Shane and I took a little girl's trip to Arizona and it just was so good for our souls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we talked a lot about this, like nurturing our home, fostering relationship. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about your heart behind how you mother and how you live in your home and how living Hema kind of flows into that because it's that slowness and the transition of life and mm-hmm. how America sees life mm-hmm. and how other countries see life. So kind of like at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was like stuck at home, right? Like home became a whole new idea for us. It wasn't just the place that we went after work. It was yeah. all of a sudden the place where we schooled, the place where we worked out, the place where we ate, slept, we did everything. Yeah, And that also with everything going on with like politics mm-hmm. and the war just it just feels like everyone's always at war with each other yeah and i just felt so much like keeping my babies safe at home mm-hmm. which yes at the time like we literally had to it was safe to be at home yeah but it just also reminded me that Whatever is going on outside of our walls is going to happen, Mm -hmm. but I can control what happens in my home, how my babies feel, how they feel loved, what they learn. And it was just such a good time for me to really reflect on how I want my husband and my kids to feel when they're home. Yeah. No matter what's happening outside, no matter what happens at school, no matter what happens at work, when you come home, I want you to feel like this is your time of rest. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? And let me say, when I go to Shana's house, and it's not perfect, but it is pretty close (laughs) to perfect, but that is just how, that's also how you live and that's how you function and work. And it is a beautiful space. If you guys see her Instagram, the design of her home is so pretty and it's so cozy. But anytime I go over, I do, I just feel a sense of warmth Mm -hmm. and I feel like even just your videos, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but like your videos of you baking with Paisley or doing the work with whoever and cooking and cleaning and painting, like it's always so serene feeling, but it's the same as it looks on Instagram. Not that it's picture perfect, but then when you go into your house, you're engaged with them. It is slow and it's quiet, not perfect. Yeah, It's not perfect, but it's beautiful and it's family yeah. is kind of what I see. So For someone who is thinking, well, 
<laughs> That's not <laughs> me. Cause for me, like I have days where I feel like, oh my gosh, I can't catch up on anything. Yeah. My house is out of control. Like if you saw my bedroom right now, I'm going through my clothes and I saw this video of this girl. It was probably TikTok. And she was taking pictures of her outfits that she was comfortable in and taking pictures of them and putting them into a folder on her photos app. And I was like, that's actually brilliant. And then all the clothes she felt uncomfortable in, she had outgrown, yeah. which we all outgrew some clothes in 2020, I think. <laughs> Maybe you went the opposite way. But anyway, I was like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. So instead of <laughs> slowly going through my stuff, I was like, it's better if I just take all of it out and then put it back, which turned out to be a disaster. <laughs> Life can be chaotic and it can be a lot. And it's not always going to look like that. But what does this look like for you? Talk about, is it Higgy? Huga. I always say it wrong. Huga. <laughs> it looks like Higgy though. Yeah. What does that mean? And what does that mean to you? And how do you practically implement that into life mm -hmm. in a way that flows for you and that works? So... I became really obsessed with this term, Huga. It's like a Swedish term. And it's like even hard to have a definition, mm -hmm. which is kind of what I want home to be. It's not a definition. It's a feeling. Like when you walk into a home, you don't want it to look a certain way necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's more like what you smell and how mm -hmm. you feel and just the love that you have between each other. Mm -hmm. And Swedes are very intentional about having their rest time. And in a society where we are right now, it's like we've been told for so long, go, 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 mm -hmm. hustle, 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 reach those goals. Slow is a negative term in right. our society. It, yeah, It really is. And the hustle is so good, you guys. Like goals. We're businesswomen. Yes. We know. I, we get it. I love them. Like, <laughs> But... Yeah. I feel like, too, we get to a point where we're going for so long and it's like by the end of the week or by the end of the year even, it's like we just crash and mm -hmm. we burn and we just like veg out. We just binge watch TV. Wear super big clothes so we can eat all the holiday yes. food, <laughs> which isn't a bad which thing. Is not bad. But when the heart is, which I have been in this past year where I'm like, you know, I don't even care because yeah. I just feel so blah sometimes mm -hmm. that I'm going to stop caring for myself. And then my right. mental health deteriorates and it's just a pattern. It's the intention, right? Yeah. So if you're just eating a bag of chips because it's don't like... Don't call me out, Shayna. <laughs> Look at her. She literally used my advice. I am not even meaning to. I, <laughs> just I heard it. <laughs> it's too late. No, it's good. It's no, true. No, when you're eating a bag of chips <laughs> yeah. because... It's just what makes you feel I'm better. Not offended. And yeah. you don't want to go and take the time. <laughs> yeah. It's so much different than if like Paisley and I sit and make a thing of cinnamon rolls and we indulge in that together. Because yeah. that's intentional, right? So oh, I love that. That's really good. It's not necessarily that eating and binge watching TV is bad. It's that what is the heart that you're doing it behind? Like, yeah. Are you giving yourself intentional rest time or are you so exhausted from the end of the week that you're just crashing and burning? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm so in love with the idea of just really learning how to have intentional rest time. Mm -hmm. And God calls us to that, right? Yeah. He calls us to rest. He tells us. The Sabbath is a command. Yes, it's a yeah. commandment. And so I've just been so obsessed with how to take that more seriously in our home. Mm -hmm. 
So if you guys haven't seen my Instagram, I've been talking about this. I've talked to Sheena about it. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is a book I've been reading, and I'm actually going through it a second time because it was so convicting for me. But so much of what it says, and I love it because it ties back to what you're saying, is how love and hurry are not compatible. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the line from the book that struck me the most because when you're rushing out the door or even when you're, this is me, when Jesse and I are ready for bedtime, <laughs> we are like, my boys just came in, Shana, they gave me hugs and kisses and said hi to Shana, but they were supposed to be in bed. And I have this, like, I'm very strict. I've always been very strict with our bedtimes and I'm learning to loosen up. But when bedtime comes, I'm like, get in bed, let's do this. Da, 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 da. And I've learned I think I've allowed myself to be convicted mm -hmm. about the selfishness in that and how sweet of a time bedtime is because when I don't have anything going on, when I don't want to complete work, when I'm not super exhausted and want to just veg out, mm -hmm. that time is so intentional and we memorize verses and we read multiple books and there's no like crazy limit of two books and you're done. You know, mm -hmm. I sound like a drill sergeant. Sometimes I am, <laughs> but we do that. And then I ask certain questions. Saxon, sometimes he doesn't fully get them yet, you know, yeah. but I'll ask certain questions. Like what was your favorite part of the day? And sometimes I'll just lay there and I love this. This is newer for Sut. He'll just start asking me like, what about this? What do you think of this? Like the other day he said, I just laid at the foot of his bed and was forcing myself to lay at the foot of his bed. Cause that is not easy for me. And he said, mom, have you ever felt like when you're with family, who's not your dad and mom and brother that you love them, but you just want your dad and mom and brother. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, like homesick. I said, have you felt that way? And he was comparing it to being with a family member. And he's like, I love them. And I love being there, yeah. but I also want my mom and dad and brother. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think that's so sweet. And I think that it's amazing. You want your family. And that's a very normal feeling. And I felt that way. But then that conversation blossomed into something of just being aware kind of of your emotions and how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And I never would have had that time had I not forced that slowness on myself. Because for some people, like, do you feel for yourself like it comes naturally for you? A little bit. Yeah. I think it comes in seasons. Like I think recently I've told you I've been more business driven. Yeah. And so it feels like I'm fighting against who I naturally am. Mm. But. To our opposite. Right. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But I kind of. That's why we balance each other. We do. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I see the benefit of it so much, even mm -hmm. when I'm not in that season of my life. But I do agree. It's somewhat natural to me. Yeah. I think for me in this season where I'm really trying to learn what this means, I'm really trying to grasp and understand slow and intentional. And I'm very, very intentional when I'm ready to be intentional. But I want to learn intentionality as, this is kind of hard to explain, but I think I just want it to become more of a characteristic in my life mm -hmm. rather than something that feels so forced. But mm -hmm. Like we were talking about those mundane moments, like the time I've had recorded wife project, Shayna saw me, you guys, what was I like, Shayna? <laughs> I thought your hair was going to fall out at any minute. <laughs> I was so stressed out yeah. and it was a learning experience, but I also came to a place where 
I said, this isn't the way I want to live. I want to continue doing these things, Mm -hmm. but I need to learn how to manage my stress. I need to learn how to cope with these things. I need to learn to stop when there's just a day I need to stop. Mm -hmm. So I want this to become natural. And that's where Jesus comes in Mm because I'm like, I've tried this my whole life. And he's brought me to a point now of conviction and realizing, okay, this isn't something I can just keep justifying and explaining away that just because America lives this way that Mm -hmm. I should live this way. But it is a growth process. And I know that I can't expect it immediately. And there might be some people listening who are like, okay, I'm Lindsay. Or some people listening are like, I'm Shana. And I think it's a beautiful thing that we both have businesses and have home lives that are really important to us, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that it is an easy process. So for you with intentionality and slowness, what do you feel is the biggest challenge for you? Like where does sin seep into that when you are home and trying to practice this and what thoughts do you have? What actions cause issue in your home and how do you work through them? Well, I mean, first of all, just like everyone else around you may think like, oh, that's lazy. Mm. And so sometimes I like that get in my head. But literally, I will be going even on a slow, intentional day. I will be going till my feet hurt. (laughs) So it's like, no, it's not not lazy. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's not actually slow. Like I'm trying to do things with my kids that can sometimes be the most exhausting thing. Yeah, like teaching them how to cook and (laughs) baking cookies. And oh my gosh, you sprinkles all over the floor now. You did such a good job. I just saw the best video where this little girl. I should have sent it to you. She was stirring the flour and the mom is trying to explain to keep it clean. And she just plops the spoon and it smacks the mom in the face. And I was like, oh yeah, that's cooking with a toddler. It It seems like a grand idea. Yeah. And then you get into it and there's stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. But it is the backtracking, right? Of Mm -hmm. like, oh, but it was so worth it. But keep going. It's like the little things. You see the little video of me and Paisley and it's so cute and you got that five second, Mm -hmm. but you didn't see like me stressing about the mess right afterwards. But it's in that that I feel the blessings come in because Mason loves to cook. Like Mm -hmm. my mom got him these little like whisks and little things for Christmas (laughs) and he this little like apron. And it's in those moments where they learn and it's in those moments where they feel a sense of responsibility Mm -hmm. and we get to connect. And so the mess afterwards is so worth it. Yeah. And then the other part too, is I do feel like sometimes what's hard when you post your home on Instagram, Mm -hmm. I feel like it always has to be clean. Mm -hmm. No, don't make a mess. What are you doing? Because people like pretty pictures, right? Like as much as they criticize and Mm -hmm. I criticize it. Yeah. I like pretty pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And I like a pretty home. Yeah. But I'm just not in the season two, especially with a four-year-old Paisley is so much better at it right now, but with a four-year-old, holy cow, especially a boy Mm four-year-old. And so for me, I have to remind myself, this is their home. This is their play area. And if they don't have a space, well, then what What am I giving them? Mm-hmm. They need to have their time. And yes, it's also afterwards teaching them the responsibility when, like, to take care of your things. Yeah. And when you take things out, put them back properly. And, and that's a training up. I yes. learned this a long time ago. And I think that it's something that has really challenged me in my motherhood is, and you do this so well, Shana, but I feel like 
I sometimes will expect my boys to have learned something I've never taught them. I assume they know because it is basic common sense, right? Mm -hmm. But unless I have shown it to them and I have trained them where I've actually stopped, and this is a big part of our life in our home, is say where your shoes go. Mm -hmm. I would get frustrated. I'm like, put your shoes away, mm-hmm. you know, but then I realized, okay, something so simple and basic to me mm-hmm. is a process of not only learning and unlearning, kind of unlearning the bad behaviors that have maybe already started, but also learning how to do it properly. I can't expect Sutton to hang up a shirt when he can't even reach it unless I'm giving him the tools to go and hang up the shirt and learn those things. And so I have a rule with myself where I try to never get upset about something that I've not properly trained them in Mm -hmm. where I've walked through it. And that's part of the cleaning up process with that. You're not only fostering that time. Like my, some of my most special moments with my mom, Shana knows my mom, my mom's the best. And we're going to talk about your finger, but Shana and my mom went through surgeries together and it was really sweet. Mm -hmm. So she knows her, but some of the sweetest time with her was baking banana bread I didn't realize, of course, at the time how much work that was for her for a full-time working single mom to do those things with me. And it's all I ever wanted. And Mm -hmm. I loved that time. But in doing so, you're raising Paisley to be a good wife who knows how to care for a home. And you're training Mason to be a good husband who knows how to care for a home. And that is so important to me to to raise men with Mm -hmm. my boys who serve Mm -hmm. men who take responsibility for themselves. And that could be a whole episode. But I think in that it's multifaceted because Mm -hmm. yes, you're dealing with that, but you're also teaching them Mm -hmm. how to do it. And I think we like forget the importance of it. I can get so caught up sometimes with like, okay, we got to do math. We have to do English. How's your reading doing? Yeah. But these little moments of them learning how to cook or learning how to clean those are just as important. Mm-hmm. I posted the other day too, cause I stopped. Usually I like have a strict homeschooling cause I'm homeschooling right mm-hmm. now schedule to make sure we get it all done. And those times are important too, because yes, we do have responsibilities that we have to do, Yeah. but I just let the kids be kids that morning. And I just let Mason color and Paisley was making a mess in the other room, <laughs> like with Play-Doh or something. And I think it's still on my carpet, but <laughs> your new carpet, yeah. <laughs> but The way that they acted for the rest of the day, I could just Mm -hmm. tell that their little souls needed it. Yeah. It was like refreshing Mental health days for kids. And imagine as a child, you are being told all day long what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Imagine now as an adult, you're being told all day long, this is what you need to do. And which is good because kids do need some sort of like routine because it makes them feel safe. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's good once in a while to let them feel like they have a little bit of a say in their own life too. There is so much control. And I see that especially with myself because like I said, I'm a drill sergeant and working on it. (laughs) But I've seen and I've talked about this in a past episode, but the power bucket and the Mm -hmm. attention bucket and how those are two buckets that we're intended to fill for our babies. And I feel like with Saxon and Sut, I have so many moments where I feel like I'm telling them and demanding and asking and all of these things instead of just letting them be a little human being Mm -hmm. and figuring out things for themselves. And Jesse and I have learned the greatest trick of all where we ask them to go clean and they'll play. And And I'm like, you wouldn't play with each other all day, but you will play now because we asked you to go clean. Yeah. 
And while maybe that's not the best effective teaching method right now, we're like, you know what? That is kind of their time to just say, oh, we just want to go and get away. And then at the end, once they've had time to play, we're like, okay, let's do it together mm-hmm. and let's just knock it out. So with Sutton, he saw this idea of the yes day, but he's learning in his control to make decisions that are beneficial to him. So it's not like having a milkshake for breakfast, which might make his stomach hurt. Like he's becoming more aware of those things and making wise decisions while also having input in his own life. So we've tried to implement that once every two weeks or once every three weeks where they have freedom to kind of choose their day. And of course with COVID and stuff, it's harder to do what they love, but you see that control bucket being filled and Mm -hmm. I see life in the boys when I say yes to something that they expect me to say no to. Again, statistics show that children thrive off of routine and structure. They grow in that. But like you said, I think there really is this balance. And I want that balance for my home where it isn't just so intense and hurried and this sport and this activity and this where we can really live and where we want to be home. So I talked about Arizona. Okay. So talk about why Arizona was good for you, why you enjoyed it. And I have never (laughs) done a girl's trip. And Lindsay looked at me like I was insane. I love vacations and girls trips. Yes. Because I am such a person who loves to have my kids on trips. Yeah. And Lindsay's like, I'll take them when they're older. Yeah. We did Disney. Disney was really fun, but I will be honest, had a babysitter, which was great. Yes. And it helped a ton. And I did love going, but I think they're great. Did you love it? I loved it. Yeah. And it just kind of let me feel like me again. Like a human. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you always have your babies around, of course, you have to be responsible for two other people. And so it was the first time in a while. I mean, my husband and I don't even really go on trips together. Yeah. It's insane. (laughs) But you've inspired me to And we had really good conversations. And I think that's what that time is. Yeah. I feel guilty leaving my boys and going to do these things or even on date nights feeling guilty, but then it fosters this conversation that helps you to be a better mom. And we talked about wanting our kids in the future to have a heart where they want to be home. Mm -hmm. So as teenagers, we want them to want to be home. We want them to feel safe with us. We want them to not feel so smothered yeah. that they then rebel. Right. So talk a little bit about your heart with that. Cause we've shared a little bit, but I would love to hear more like your past, maybe a little bit, and then how you are trying to prevent that with your kids, but also then nurture that safe place in your home where they want to bring their friends. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I think every parent desires this, right? Yeah. Like, but it's such a hard balance because I grew up with very, very strict parents Mm -hmm. where they kept me so close. And then when it was time for me to go, literally the day I turned 18, I moved out. Yeah. I don't even think my mom knew. I think I called her at work and I was like, hey, I'm moving out today. And she's like, what? I will say my relationship with my parents now is probably not like most. Mm -hmm. I am very close with my parents. You are. And um, you have really cool parents too, though. Yes. They're like super cool (laughs) and they're so kind. Yes. Yeah. It definitely helps. But I mean, as a kid, you're growing up and you're like, gosh, they're so strict. Mm -hmm. I feel like that also causes you to be 
a little bit more secretive and things like that. So that's like such a hard balance for a parent because mm-hmm. you want to set high expectations while also letting them know that you're a human and they can come to you. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you even do that? The answer is let me know. Yeah. <laughs> but two, I think that just comes from having a really good relationship with your kids and having a good bond, mm-hmm. which even if they drift away for a little bit, like I did, they know you're there and they know to come back. Yeah. And since our trip, I actually, I heard a st- like a study that was done and it said that there's like these core things that we do as a family every day mm-hmm. that make you bond a little bit and more cohesive. Hmm. And that's like your day to day. It's, super not planned cheap we're jumping on the trampoline together those moments those things that you do every day are the things that bond you together as a family Mm -hmm. and then things like trips where you have to plan something together and you have to save a little bit of money and you get excited together that's fun camping Mm -hmm. like things like that are things that help your children develop problem solving skills Hmm. and I feel like too that's when you bond. Mm-hmm. You just bond in a different way. Yeah. When you're at home every day and you, I almost feel like it's muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, now we make dinner. Okay, now we clean the dishes. Okay, now we mm-hmm. take baths. And it's just like muscle memory. But when you pull yourself out of that situation and you're in a new environment, mm-hmm. it causes you to be intentional in a whole different way. Yeah. And it causes you to have fun together and think of ideas of what to do together. And remember that time when we went to Moab and we mm-hmm. went white water rafting? And, like, you talk about it for years to come. Most families that I've met who take trips together are closer. And, again, it doesn't have to be something expensive. But I think it's because it is that intentional time. But it's the same for marriage. Mm-hmm. I shared this, I think, actually in the Wife Project. But how statistically, if, if you are more spontaneous and you as a couple try new things together, like zip lining or whitewater rafting, I don't think I'll ever do that. But if you try those things together, you grow closer because it's getting you outside of the realm of just mundane day-to-day life, which again Jesus works in that mundane. He uses those moments truly. And I've seen this in my own life, that those just day-to-day where you feel like nobody sees it, nobody hears what's going on. It's the quiet moments in the four walls of your home where the most growth and love and hardship is happening. Because when I come home, like Jesse hears when I'm overwhelmed, you know, I try not to totally unload on him. I pray, but he's my person. He's my safe place. And there just has to, I think, be an outlet as well. You do those things. And again, it doesn't mean you have to be always going on dates and always doing these things. But as a family saying, let's go play football in the park when we don't normally do that. Or let's get friends together and go play soccer together. Or let's go up to the mountains and overlook the city at night and have a picnic in our trunk. Those are things that we love and that our kids talk about. Remember when? Remember when we went to Chuck E. Cheese? Like something as small as Chuck E. Cheese, which in COVID is a long lost memory. And I mean, let's be real. Your kids are probably, especially if they're really young, they're not going to remember every trip. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're having a more bonded family. Mm-hmm. It's the building blocks to yes. it. Because it still resonates with them, mm-hmm. even if it's not a memory. I think that closeness still resonates with them, yeah. wouldn't you say? And that's a lasting thing. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it doesn't have to be expensive. It could be camping. Mm-hmm. It could be going backyard camping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that. that's fun for them. And I notice too, like our day to day things. Like I said, the day to day, super spontaneous things that you do with your kids. Mm-hmm. Our relationships are just better. Yeah. Like riding bikes after dinner. Mm-hmm. My kids love to go for a walk every day. It's just little things like that where they know that it's like a ritual. Yeah. And that's another way outside of routine, rituals and habits mm-hmm. are ways that they feel safe. A lie that you may believe far too often, especially as a woman, is that you have to choose between your family and your dreams. But the Proverbs 31 woman defies that stereotype. She was both a mother and a businesswoman. She worked hard for her family and used the giftings that God had given her to provide for her home. She had both ambition and faith, and she was honored. Friends, if you have a gift, use it to make God's name known. Share your story, share your passions, share your life. I have spent the past five years relentlessly studying and implementing all things marketing, blogging, entrepreneurship, small business, and podcasting, while also being a stay-at-home mama of two boys. Now with over 6 million blog readers, over 600,000 total podcast downloads, and tens of thousands of social media followers, I'm able to make an income for my family. I feel so passionate about this business and helping others to pursue those dreams. And I want to share everything I've learned with you, whether you're a mom of five or a college student. Do you want to be a travel blogger? Would you love to share your voice and launch a podcast? I can help you. I'm so excited to be offering one-on-one personalized business coaching for anyone with a dream to share their story, create a ministry, or build a platform. During our two and a half hour coaching session, I'll customize everything specifically for you by looking over your website and social media to give honest and helpful feedback that will help you grow. I'll teach you how to use Pinterest to make money even if you don't have any followers, because if you're not using it yet, you're really missing out. And we'll talk all things Instagram, Facebook, branding, monetization, all in simple to understand terms. I will provide you with two free customizable media kits, a list of my 20 influencer websites that you can join right away to start collaborating with small and large brands, exclusive group board invites on Pinterest and Facebook group invites to help get more eyes on your business right away. I always say she didn't do it better. She just did it. What is that one thing that you have always wanted to do, but you've never done? You will never succeed if you don't ever try, but you have a great chance at succeeding if you at least try. You don't ever want to live in regret. So if you are interested in this personalized coaching, just email livingeasypodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's livingeasypodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in this coaching and hearing about how I can help you specifically, I'll talk to you soon kind of transitioning in because Jesus in your time with him, we were just talking about this. I was at Shana's house. She babysat my babies for me or Saxon when I was in an emergency situation, (laughs) which I appreciate so much. But we were talking about how our time with the Lord flows into this. But also Shana had a situation this past year that was really traumatic and really difficult. 
And yet, and I've told this to anyone who has asked how you are, I'm like, she literally, truly is just the strongest, most selfless person I've ever met. Because the way that you've responded through the pain, and I'll let you share your story, has just been phenomenal. I know you won't give yourself credit because you're humble, Mm -hmm. but when we first talked, it was immediately like, it just could have been worse. And I'm just so thankful. And I just love my family. And when there could have been blame put on inappropriately or misplaced blame, I guess I would say, or just frustration or anger naturally as a human being, but that's not how you responded. But then your relationship with Jesus really was, I think it was challenged or it grew in this time. So if you want to share with them as much as you feel comfortable with what happened and what your relationship with God has looked like through that, because even if people aren't going through trauma or trial this past year, everyone's going through something and the response should still look similar when we're intentional. So go ahead and share. So for those who don't know, in June of last year, we were on our side by side, which is like a four wheeler with a roof kind of. Yes. Like a big four wheeler, very heavy. (laughs) And we're about to go home and we were turning around and we just kind of slid wrong and tipped to the side, my side. And it was my husband driving, me and the passenger, my son, Mason, right behind me and Paisley behind Adam. And we tipped over and fell. And as I was bracing for impact, I put my hand out and the roof of the side-by-side fell and severed my ring and pinky finger on my right hand Mm -hmm. and went straight to surgery. They were able to reattach both of them, but the pinky did not reattach properly. So I later had to have that amputated. And you sent me pictures with leeches all over your hand because they were trying to increase the blood flow, right? Right. So this is also all during COVID, obviously. And she had to be alone. To be alone. Yeah. I think I got a visitor the third day, Mm -hmm. my third day stay in the hospital. I was there for a week. Yeah, I had to have leeches. It was just the most insane thing that I've ever been through, the most traumatic thing I've ever been through. But when you were saying I responded so graciously, it's so funny because I don't even expect myself to respond like that, Mm -hmm. but it was one of those like God things Mm -hmm. and you don't understand it really till I think you're in it. Yeah. But when they say that God gives you a peace that surpasses all understanding, Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't even know how I'm not freaking out right now, but you just feel peace and you feel Jesus and you just feel his presence. So I totally have him to thank for that. I literally don't know if I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, how I would have reacted. So now her pinky, which you would never even know. And I keep saying this because I really mean it. When you see your hand from the side, you would never know because they took the whole hand Mm -hmm. all the way down to the wrist. Mm -hmm. So it just, she has four fingers. Mm -hmm. It's not like a stump or a stub or whatever it would be called. It's all the way down. Mm -hmm. But then you just had another surgery Mm -hmm. on your ring finger, which is your third surgery, right? Fourth surgery. Oh, I thought it was your third where you almost lost your finger again. So talk a little bit about the emotional process, because this has been a lot on you, imaginably so, where it feels very frustrating because you want healing. 
the thing that you've said the most is like, I just want the healing process to start Mm -hmm. because it feels like I keep starting over, which is frustrating and exhausting emotionally and physically. So talk a little bit about from when it happened, the trauma and the hardship and the frustration of wanting it to be better. The emotions. I remember you telling me like Mason's friends, they see you like they're going to never know Shayna with a normal hand or holding your hand will feel different. How have you processed through all of that? I've just learned there's been so many teachable moments that God has used this for. And I know that God did not give this to me, right. did not cause it, but he has used it. One thing that I have learned so much is about grief. Mm-hmm. I've gone through sad things in my life. I've lost grandparents and things like that. But this grief where it's unexpected and shocking and traumatic is just different. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's so many people out there, I don't want to compare pain, Mm -hmm. but I know there's so many people out there who are going through so much worse, cancer and child loss and child loss. Mm -hmm. And I feel like God has given me just a little taste of what is on people's plate. Yeah. And I feel like I just understand people so much better. Mm -hmm. Like I... Empathy. Empathy. Yeah. yeah. Like I, it's hard for me to just have like a normal conversation of like about the weather. Mm -hmm. Like I want to know why are you so sad? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why are you so happy? Mm -hmm. How are you really doing? Mm -hmm. Like it's so hard. And I find myself praying like, Lord, people who are going in my life, please put people in front of me in my path that I can be a light for you. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. Pray that prayer. And just today, even I was calling to make an appointment for Paisley and the woman on the phone just said, I just got diagnosed with cancer and I was not even expecting that. The woman who you were making the appointment with? Yeah, I was just making an appointment and God really does put people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, I don't know that I'd have such an open heart for that if it wasn't for this. Mm -hmm. So grief, I've learned so much about grief. I've learned how up and down it can be. He's taught me so much about just my body the purpose of why I'm here. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but this past month has been really, really hard for me to look at my hand. I feel like more than ever the past nine months, I look at my hand and it feels like it's not my hand. Like, this is someone else's hand. Yeah. Can I get mine back? <laughs> and then- well, okay. So share that because you've talked about when you went to that appointment, the mirror, mm-hmm. tell them about the mirror and how you reacted. So I think it's called mirror therapy. I forget what it's called, but I basically was having phantom pain mm-hmm. where, and I still feel, I feel like my hands there. Sometimes my finger will feel like it's itching, but it's not there. Yeah. And so they have you do this thing where you, you have your good hand out or whatever. And you, people with amputees get this all the time. Yeah. You have put your good side out in front of a mirror and then you hide your bad hand and you make movements to kind of trick your brain almost into thinking that it's the same. Mm. And my hand therapist was like, hey, do you want to go into the other room to do this? And I was like, no, it's fine. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? And she's like, okay. And the minute I saw two normal hands, I just wept mm-hmm. because it was the first time I realized that my hand will never be the same, mm-hmm. which kind of feels like silly, but... I think for women, our hands just do so much. Yeah. And then I feel like I went through like after that, a few months of just like 
ignoring it almost. Mm -hmm. And so this month, I think it's been a little bit harder for me because I'm taking a break from surgeries if I get another surgery. And so I've been seeing it a lot more without being bandaged and covered up all the time. But I just feel like God has taught me so much about my body and why I have my body. Mm-hmm. How would you say the emotional healing? So I love that you shared that about that woman. And I want to hear about that mm-hmm. because we haven't talked about that. But the verse, and I've shared this a lot, but Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can then comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I genuinely believe this is one of the most powerful verses in Scripture mm-hmm. because not only is it saying God loves us and cherishes us enough to care for the ailments, to love us through the pain, to comfort us. He's not looking down. I've been talking to Sutton about this so much. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more right now. He is not waiting to say, okay, you've had a morally upright day. You've done great. I'm going to love you really well today. We believe that Mm -hmm. so much, but that's not the case. There's nothing we can do. And still in the pain, not even when we're in pain, but when we're being awful, he comforts us so that we then can comfort others. So I believe fully that the Holy Spirit led you to this woman with cancer and allowed you to be the person that she's obviously like just talking to. I mean, that has to be a moment of just shock and realization. So as you process through your pain, because you've talked about like, I probably should talk to someone. You handled it so well, but then there's Mm -hmm. always the deep down. Mm -hmm. So when you heard from that lady, what was that response? And then for you, as you cope through this, how are you navigating through the pain and the hardship that you've dealt with that maybe you're coming to realization, like what all that has happened? Well, when I talked to her, I just stopped and I let her know I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. And I told her specifically what I would be praying for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's, we do such a disservice as Christians when we say, I'll pray for you and then don't pray. Mm-hmm. So yes, I prayed for her. Mm-hmm. And I think when something shocking happens to you, that's really throws you off in your life. It makes you rethink like all of life. Mm-hmm. It makes you realize how little control you have. Yeah. Which is simultaneously kind of relieving for me, but also terrifying. Mm -hmm. But I have just leaned on God in such a different way. I've seen him in such a different light that I could not have seen him otherwise. Mm -hmm. You know, it's also coming into like a time where I'm turning 30. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 30s are great, Shay. You're (laughs) going to love it. I like can't wait for it. (laughs) Yeah. It's also too, like, you feel like transitional. Yes. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. Writes you off once you're 30. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I'm seeing like lines that I've never seen Mm -hmm. on my face and I don't lose weight as easily Mm -hmm. as I used to. And now I have a hand that I don't even recognize. So I'm having kind of like an identity crisis, I feel Mm -hmm. like. But as I've been praying through this, I just have felt God saying, like, Shana, I do not give you this body so that you can make it look as perfect as you can until you and die. And obsess over it. Yeah. Yes. And I've been relating to that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you have had a lot come at you because you had just moved into a new house. Mm-hmm. I mean, not long before that. Yeah. Then you bought the side by side. You guys 
played and loved it and it was amazing and then this happened Mm -hmm. and you also had a moment where you told me immediately I'm just so thankful it wasn't my kids or my husband but then you kind of held that strength and you're like hey I'm fine I just have leeches all over me let me send you (laughs) FaceTime and show you and then you're getting surgery and then you're getting a surgery and then you're getting a surgery and you're being rushed through the process Mm -hmm of what this means to overcome very real trauma. And I understand the identity crisis because I went through that. I'm still going through that in a way Mm -hmm. of looking at myself and saying, Lord, help me to be Mm -hmm. content with aging gracefully. Help me to be content with having more wisdom and more wrinkles Mm -hmm. at the same time. I want to live in that and embrace it. But it isn't easy to do. And I always lost weight really quickly. And this time, Jesse's like, how long has it been? I'm all, three days, and I'm the (laughs) same weight. He's like, all right, we need to break this down. (laughs) But your body does change, and I think that it becomes that. But with you, it is a lot compiled Mm -hmm. at one time. Yeah. And I feel like it's also, too, just God saying, Shana, I'm giving you this body because I have work for you to do. Mm, like, remember why we're here. Yeah. Like, we are here of purpose. Mm-hmm. And God has assignments for us. Mm-hmm. His people, like that woman, mm-hmm. who need to come into our lives that we need to speak to. Yeah. And when I think of that, it just helps me whenever... I look back on my life, I pray that, I see the wrinkles on my face, and it's like just memories of laughing my face off with my Mm -hmm. friends in Arizona, Mm -hmm. or all of the cinnamon rolls I ate with Paisley, all that Mm -hmm. cellulite, (laughs) (laughs) or I was making memories with my family, and I an accident happened, Mm -hmm. but I was trying to make memories with my family, and that's when I did. Yes. I just don't want you to diminish that. Right. Because you did. Yeah. And now you have a story of strength because when you came home, mm-hmm. what was that experience like for you when they saw you for the first time? My kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think they were just so overwhelmed because it's been the longest since I've been away from them. Mm-hmm. And oh, that makes God. me emotional. I know. I'm already. It's a lot. Because I remember seeing that video and I just cried. And I just found a... Oh, I didn't even text anyone that. I found a little note that Paisley had written my mom. And it just said, oh, I need a second. It's okay. <sighs> this is why I don't do video, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're both all crying. It said, Nana, thank you so much for everything that you've done for me. This has been a really hard time. Oh, and she's so little for that. She's so smart and she knows. And yeah. she's very emotionally intelligent, too. She is. So it was really hard for them. And then me coming home, I want to fix it for them. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to go back to being a mom and Mm -hmm. cooking and cleaning. Mm -hmm. But I can't because my hand, it's wrapped up and Mm -hmm. it's bloody and there's scars and there's things trying to heal. So that was really hard transitioning point. And then it would get to a point where I could do those things. I could kind of feel normal. I could kind of cook as long as it didn't have meat or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then I'd have a surgery again. Mm -hmm. And then I'd go back to healing. It's just like I kept praying, like, God, I just want to be out of this season. But he's holding me here for a reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm coming out of it now. I feel like I kind of am transitioning into a new season. But I think that... When he has something for us to learn, 
they keep us there and it's so hard and it's mm-hmm. just like you feel a weight and you want to put it down but you can't it's so challenging to be stuck somewhere yeah. and i think we as humans me most people i know want to just race through the hard because we want comfort. We idolize comfort because it is something that makes life so much easier and makes it feel like it's right. But then we look at the life of Jesus, which is why maybe get some haters on this, but I speak very boldly and passionately that the prosperity gospel, Joel Osteen, all those people preaching health and wealth is literally the exact opposite of what the Bible teaches. I think it's Proverbs says to stay in mourning, you know, like grieve and mourn this life. And Jesus was not healthy. I mean, he was fine, but he died on a cross bleeding to death. He was not wealthy. He was a carpenter. And I think the problem with this is when you say, God wants you to be successful. I watched one video from him Joel Osteen recently that just made me sick to my stomach, honestly, because he was saying, if God loves you and you love God, he's going to give you all the riches and he's going to make your kids healthy. And I watched the whole video, so it wasn't pulled out of context. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, he wants you to be successful while God blesses our hard work. Absolutely. For somebody who has a child dying of cancer, that is the worst news they could ever hear. That means God doesn't love me. No, God loves you tremendously. God is with you. Psalm says, God is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. He loves you. He sees you when you're broke and hurting and struggling. And when you're a single mom fighting this battle, when you've lost a finger, when you've been diagnosed with cancer, when you're suffering depression and anxiety, it is not a party for everyone. And to promote that it's a party for everyone is anti gospel. And that prosperity is truth is anti gospel because we grow so much in our pain trials scripture james calls us to rejoice in our trials find joy in your trials knowing that it produces patience and perseverance and that it leads us back to jesus because like you said your relationship with god is one now where you see him in a light that you've never seen him before because of what you've been through and you're rejoicing in that I guess how has that transition been like entrusting him with prayer and trusting him with your family and trusting him with the lack of control that you feel that you have? Well, it's so funny because it also ties back a little bit to how we were talking earlier about rest. Mm-hmm. One of my weakest point like areas in my faith mm-hmm. is prayer. Mm-hmm. I would and agree with that actually. Yeah. For me, I'm one of those people that prays to God and I say, thank you so much when it goes right. Mm -hmm. I don't go to him a lot when it's going wrong. I don't go to him a lot for guidance. Mm -hmm. But when literally it feels like everything is going wrong and nothing's going right, it's like, what do I have to pray for? Mm -hmm. So those are the moments where I've stopped and I've prayed and I haven't just prayed I've also learned to stop and listen to yeah, because we can't just throw up prayers and expect to have a relationship if you're not willing to hear him back. Mm -hmm. It's a one-sided relationship. Yeah. I've said this before, but it's one of the best analogies for me Mm -hmm. going to the dinner table every day with your husband or wife and having the exact word for word, same conversation. Cause you're like, thank you Lord for this food. Thank you for this day. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We love you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. You're not giving a piece of your heart to him. And if you did that with your spouse, what would happen? You would grow completely apart. You would know nothing about one another. But God in his love story to us reveals all of his heart, all of himself. And then 
even though he knows us and he knows the depths of our hearts and our minds, we're so afraid to relinquish that to him. And we compartmentalize him to the big things, which I do all the time. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I want to trust you in doing laundry. I want to trust you with technology when I'm about to do a podcast. I want to trust you, but it doesn't come easily for me because we both like control. So I think that is just amazing to see how he has used this, which is just another proof of how he works the hard toward the good. Yeah. He does not let pain go to waste. Yeah. I'm just really thankful to have had you as an example in that. And I feel like your story is one that will resonate because, I mean, you know, I have so many people in my life who are in pain, constant pain. My mom, and I'm hoping you guys that she'll come on the podcast, but she's very shy. (laughs) So we'll see. But my mom got into a really horrible bike accident what, a week before you lost your finger or three days or something? I mean, it was so close. close. It was an incredibly traumatic time. And then another very close family member got into a car accident and broke her pelvis. And it was just a lot on top of COVID just Mm -hmm. being announced. What month was it? It was June. June. Okay. So it was a few months in. Yeah. And it was a lot, but I was able to see how God used your pain and my mom's pain that you guys were able to talk over something so similar because my mom had surgery on her hand and to guide in that. But then also for me to be able to witness and then to share your story with other people, like you guys, she's rejoicing. This is what God means. This is when you see the book of Job and you read his story and you think, how could Job find joy when his livestock, his whole business is stolen from him? His family is killed and taken from him. His home is taken from him. His wife says, curse God and die, Job. This is not worth it. (laughs) And he says, no, I will not curse God. I will worship God. That is the test because it's easy Mm -hmm. to be praising God. And I speak to this, and I don't believe in knocking on wood, but I'll knock on wood anyway, (laughs) that I've not come across that. And I'm kind of waiting for it. And not that I think God is going to come down and, strike something just so that I'm hurting, but we are tested. Our faith is tested. And we live in a fallen world. Yeah. It's broken. Everybody suffers. Yeah. There's just, if you get out of this life without suffering, then you're lying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I just think like, like, are you ready? Mm -hmm. Like, do you have a system? Mm -hmm. And this will not be the last trial I go through. Yeah. But I know now that I can go through them. Mm -hmm. I've always been so fearful of things going wrong Yeah, because I've lived a pretty good life. Yeah. Comfortable. So it almost felt too good to be true. And I was always fearful Mm -hmm. of things going wrong, but it's almost like when something goes wrong and you know that you can get through it and you know that your relationship with God gets better through it. It just proves to you. And it almost sounds insane to say that you're being rejoiceful in your pain. Mm -hmm. Like it sounds insane for someone who probably doesn't understand. Yeah. But it truly, it's that peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah. Like I couldn't even explain it. Yeah. It just surpasses my understanding. My sister, you know, Vanessa, my sister-in-law, we're really close. And she released a book. It's the first book of a trilogy called The Forest of Arrows. If you guys like fantasy fiction, it is so good. And she's on her second book. I'm actually reading through it right now. But we did a podcast episode with her when she launched her book. 
because she was the top of Amazon. We were so proud of her. So I did an episode with her on another podcast I had, and it was called How Strong Is Your Ship? And it was so powerful because it came from a teaching that she had taught. And I mean, the whole teaching, you guys, was just through tears. But one thing that she said, because she has a lot of chronic pain, I mean, she lives in pain and she didn't used to. And she asks a very basic question that I will share. Basically, she says, your faith is like a ship and you are spending your life preparing this ship for the future. And what are you building in your faith? Okay, let me try to rephrase this so I don't mess it up. So as you build your ship, Are you building a little canoe where you're not spending a lot of time on it, but it'll do the trick and you are creating it. It's a little bit rickety. You're not really investing that much in your faith. You're not really reading. You're kind of going off of what you learned years ago or what you hear every Sunday at church, but you're not actually reading your Bible or studying or finding out who God is and who he is to you and what your identity is. Or are you doing that and building yourself a cruise ship, (laughs) you know, and I don't know if that's the example she used, but that is solid and sturdy and can withstand storms because when something happens like her chronic pain or like your finger, you're going out on this canoe that has very little foundation. Your faith is rickety. You're dependent upon yourself to swim. (laughs) And then you go out into this deep, dark ocean and you come across a massive storm or trial and your ship is wrecked. And then your faith is destroyed. Because families with children who are diagnosed with cancer, God, how could you is probably the immediate response. Mm -hmm. How could you? But how much more would God's name be glorified and your experience and your heart be strengthened if you were to say, God, I do not understand. And I want this with every ounce of my being to be gone. But Lord, I trust you Mm -hmm. because you are good and that's your character. Mm -hmm. That is the cruise ship right? To have that trust, to go out onto that canoe without a heart of preparation, without a faith that has a strong foundation, you're going to be wrecked and your faith is going to be wrecked. And that is the preparation of it. And like you're saying, like, I haven't experienced him like this. And you've had to come to a place where you're deepening even further. But had you not created that solid foundation in the past, even though you're not strong in prayer, God knows that. And he loves you anyways, right? Same with me. But you have been intentional with your community. You've been intentional with your Bible reading. You've been intentional and you're working toward prayer. Mm -hmm. And not that our faith is based on works. It is not. But it is based on who we know God to be and who we know ourselves to be. Mm -hmm. And so for our listeners, I just want to ask you, how strong is your ship? How strong is that faith? Because like Shana said, you will suffer if you have not yet. And if you're in the thick of it, how much more should you be building upon that? So... That is just, I felt like God led totally. So if you heard that, I pray that you pray over that and that you hear that and that you respond to that. How strong is your ship? But yeah, I am just so thankful to have you here. And we're like never out at 9 p.m. We're all... (laughs) (laughs) So it's nice to do this. And that's why I'm so excited about this. And it's so funny because you guys might be thinking, this is intense, but this is what our conversations sound like. I think we're both similar in that we really, 
I think most of my friends, we don't do shallow conversation. And maybe yeah. as you just grow in relationship, yeah. there's no point in that. I don't like it at all. I'm not into it. So this is what a day in the office or a day driving around Arizona. Or our kids running around screaming. <laughs> yeah, and while we're trying to have a serious conversation. We're all, stop hitting each other. We love you. <laughs> but this is just life. And this is real. And that is what I believe and why I wanted to do this series is because I want people to see like what friendship looks like. It means walking through the hard. And I have a friend where I recently just told her she apologized for not being as happy as she used to be. And I told her, I said, that is not friendship. And I would not be your friend if I only wanted to be your friend because you were happy. Have things been hard? Sure, absolutely. But I'm not going to walk away from you because things are hard. That is real life. And I wouldn't want somebody to walk away from me. And I think it's just coming against the grain of life together is how we survive. And I want you and I want all my friends to be alongside me when I'm old and gray. You know, we were talking about that, like moving in together or moving in with close friends when life if our husbands die for us, because <laughs> men die first usually. But that's how it happens, right? Is like going through the junk together and showing up for each other. And not that I'm perfect in that in any way, but I want to be, you know, I want to grow in that and continue to be a good friend so that they withstand the hardest. Like I'm about to move away. And it's really weird and bittersweet. And we won't be able to see each other face to face like this, but. We have FaceTime and all of that. And I think that what has been built upon mm-hmm. will continue yeah. because we have been intentional going all the way back to Huga, Higgy, Higgy, what is it? Huga, Huga, Huga. Look that up, you guys, because it's so fascinating. And I looked it up. But yeah, just the intentionality with one another and with people, yeah. even when life is hard. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I love you. Love you. <laughs> And if you guys enjoyed this conversation, please do share and tag. This is how other people find out about Living Easy. If you have enjoyed just the podcast as a whole, it would mean so much if you would refer it to one friend or family member that you think would be blessed by this or just somebody who needs to hear the word of God spoken through someone who has struggled and has suffered this year. I will talk more in the future about anxiety and depression, but that's part of my story as well. And I just think we've all got something, right? We all have something that eats away at us, but God is bigger and God is greater. So share, let us know what you thought about it. We love hearing feedback on ratings and reviews and um, just tag at Living Easy Podcast and then Shana, let them know where they can find you and all your goodness. Okay, so my Instagram is Shana Page K S H A Y N A P A I G E, and I'll link it. I'll yes, link it. Yeah, Shana Page K, and then our shop is at Living Hema Co. Yes, and the wallpaper that you guys see in my house, the one that everyone is obsessed with in my bedroom, is from Shana, and she so graciously came over as a friend and hung it all for me when we first hung out. Ten fingers. Yeah, when she had all ten fingers. But it is amazing, and everyone is always complimenting it. Carrie Job, actually, did I tell you that? No. She was on an interview, and I was doing FaceTime, and she was like, I love your wallpaper. I'm all, oh, Shana. <laughs> I, I told Thanks. her your stuff. Sure. But yeah, it's wonderful, and it's 
constantly transitioning and just everything that you do is so beautiful. You guys do not want to miss it. So at Shana Page K and we will talk to you next week on Behind Closed Doors with the Living Easy Podcast. Bye guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share the love. The simple act of taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging the Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in my little podcasting world. If you were blessed, challenged, or impacted by this conversation, someone else you know might be too. So please feel free to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to scroll down from this episode or the podcast homepage on iTunes to give a quick rating and review. This makes a huge difference and helps in getting great guests for future interviews. Don't forget to follow along with me on Instagram for encouragement, devotionals, and practical advice on all the life and faith stuff. Love you guys.